Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They were putting together this aerosol spray study that would allow the government, the military industrial complex to release a smoke screen cloud that would protect American cities from an, a Russian bomber attack. Right? right, that's what that's what was happening, man. So, but in all actuality, what was happening was that they were putting together a deep, a offensive weapon. So again, they were saying they were putting together a defensive weapon, but through findings, come to find out they were putting together a offensive weapon just in case the military wanted to attack Moscow. And one of the survivors say that, hey, it's kind of. You know, it's kind of like the rule of thumb is that you can sacrifice, you know, a small amount for the whole, right. but sacrifice, it always seemed like it's sacrificing the African-Americans for the right. whole, you know, the it's American, always the American blacks. Right. As a, it's always, it's us. always, it's always, it's always, welcome to Wow Black. A seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, welcome back, people. We're here again. It's still COVID. We still quarantine, but we still bring you this information. You got Vince with you. All right, back in the building once again. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start with this, right? And and I say this with always with with mixed emotions. On most days, on on some days, maybe most is too strong. On some days, I am happy to be an American, right? Partially because I don't know anything else, but, you know, <laughs> almost days. Right. But at the same time, it, it, it feels like that we're, you know, we're kind of in a bad relationship. Like, the world expects me to, <laughs> to love this country. And, 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 again, I think I do. But at the same time, the, the country really be on some fuckery sometimes, man. They, they, 
It's like a it's like a cheating wife. <laughs> it is. I don't, I don't I don't quite always trust them. Like the the, the to push that analogy further, man, it's the country's tell you. I feel like it talks shit to me in private. It plays me dirty around its friends. But you know, when we, when we have company at the crib, America be grabbing and hugging all on me. You know, like like sugar yeah, is sweet. It's you a, know, it's it's an abusive relationship. Right. That's what it is. Right. We in an abusive relationship right now. But we still in the relationship. But I'm looking at him like I, I know what's going on, America. I know you. I know you ain't quite doing me right. But at the same time. I feel like I'm stuck here a little bit. I'm stuck in the house, but oh, uh, we we felt we like a battered, um, <laughs> battered significant other, yeah, and we know the truth. <laughs> we we know what's really happening out there. But speaking of the truth, one of the things that I've always wanted to do on Wild Black is talk about some of these lesser known Black history truths that that we've managed through and that we've survived. And ultimately, I want to discuss them both the negative and the positive. But I want it all to be stuff that they don't really talk about in school. Because, you know, during February Black History Month, they throw Rosa Parks and MLK and the Montgomery bus boycott. And if we're lucky, they'll talk about plantation life during enslaved times. But that's about it. They don't go much deeper than that. Not most of the schools. And I give credit. There are some that, that do a phenomenal job. But there are others who don't. The majority don't. None of the schools that I ever went to really did a good job. But today is mission accomplished, right? We've got a brother with us today who's going to go deep in a topic that I'm pretty sure most of you never heard about. So today, we're discussing what happened in St. Louis during the exact same time frame um, as the Tuskegee experiments. What happened to a primarily African-American North St. Louis community or communities um, at the hands of the U.S. Army as they ran secret testing using and exposing these American citizens, let's be real, they are American citizens, to toxic chemicals while they went about normal life and didn't even have a clue. So. It's education. We're going to school today, and we've got someone super credible. So while Black buckle up and get ready, because Mr. Damien D. Smith is going to talk to you today. So before I hand the mic over to Damien, let me introduce him just a little bit so you'll know who he is and what he's about, and then he'll add more as we usually do. Damien is an actor and director that you'll probably recognize from FX's Snowfall or The Purge on USA, but potentially more important, He's a product of St. Louis and passionate about telling our stories on our terms and propelling the truth forward to all who are ready to consume it. So, Brother Damien, welcome to Wild Black. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit more about yourself? Oh, man. And thank you for having me, my brother. I appreciate you, good brothers, for having me on your platform and allowing me to talk to your audience, man. I appreciate it. I am Damien D. Smith. I'm an actor, writer. Uh, filmmaker, um, artivist. I like and, the artivist. Um, that's artivist, man. That's my vibe, man. You know, uh, because I, I, I uh, wholeheartedly believe that you can use your art. I mean, what I do is I use my art to uh, combat some of the social ills that I am that I recognize, and that, that's my most effective tool. So that's what I'm going to use the most. It's just strategy, man. I'm just going to, I just lean into my strength when I'm trying to, you know, uh, speak truth to power, right. you know? So that's what, uh, that's, you know, that's what I do. When I so I'm an artist, man. Um, from St. Louis, from St. Louis by way of New York. I went, I was in New York for like 12, 13 years. That's why I picked up a lot of game and, and, and really, you know, uh, dived into the, uh, the artistry of things. 
And then, you know, of what I want the disciplines of what I want to get into and got a lot of hustle and produced a lot of plays and theater and a whole lot of stuff in St. Louis. I'm mean, sorry, sorry, you know, in, in Harlem, in New York, yeah. up and down, all, all around New York City. Yeah. And uh, moved out to L.A., man, pursuing um, my ambitions and goals of, you know, transitioning to the next evolution of my art as in film and television and writing, you know, yeah. those type of things, brother. So. Love that, man. It's, it's it's funny, the journey we go on to get someplace, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, that journey is amazing. Like, I have a buddy named uh, Mike Hunt. Him and I, you know, we've been we've been friends since my, you know, when I had a real job, right? <laughs> you know, uh, he was like, he was like one of the spoken dudes. like a true artist, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he was like one of the dudes I met when I first got to New York. Him and my uh, and a homeboy named uh, Andre Charles. We used to uh, run in New York, and um, it, it, it was it was it, man. We were done, man. And and he told me that we were. About these jobs, you got you you can't let them make you, brother. Yeah. You got you got to make a move, man, and you got to enjoy the journey at all times. All times, and that's what you trip me out. He said, "Hey, man, enjoy the journey, man. Enjoy the journey." Even when I decided, because he was the person I was talking to one day, who was on my uh, we call it the uh, the the, the uh, penthouse patio, but really it was the fire escape in Harlem, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and 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 he was the brother that I was talking to, and I said, "Hey, man, you know, I don't think I'm gonna work again." Cause I had just got laid off from my engineering job, and I said, I don't think I'm gonna have a job again, man. Like, like that. I don't, I don't think I'm gonna answer to anyone, like, to that degree. And he's, and he was the brother I spoke to, and one of his things within that conversation, because it was a long one. Right. He said, "Man, enjoy the journey, man. Enjoy yeah, the journey." Amen. That's real life. Amen. As you get older, you start thinking about that statement more and more, and it start reflecting. You're like, "Wow, yeah, this journey was a yeah, trip. That's true, and it is a trip." But speaking of journeys. We're finna take a journey with you, brother. We're finna take a journey down the road of wild black shit. Wild black is what we use to introduce our guests. You know what? Let me shut up. Art, mm-hmm. you got it, brother. You got it, man. My man, my man. Yes, wild black shit. This this is our one of our signature uh, components of our episode, man. It's, it's three oh, questions. Oh, I'm and, um, I, <laughs> you already coming out the gate strong. The, the first two is just to warm you up, and then the third one is really like our signature question that we ask every guest, and we love, and our audience loves to hear that 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 response to that third one. But we're going to jump right in, um, and, and look, and since I know you're ready to go. Before you kick it off, you didn't hear, before you got on the line, he talked about, you know, the impact of music and and and, and his role with music, and you know, he, we know he's in TV and film, so this first question should be good for him. This should be real good. So since uh-huh. you're actor and director, that means you at home around TV and film, and and you know this this first question is gonna hit you. Um, Pretty cool. Sample of some lyrics from popular TV theme songs or standout okay. songs in classic black films. Um, black films, yeah. yeah. Standout uh-huh. songs, and we'll make sure I'm hearing the right. Standout yep. songs popular in TV and TV film, theme and songs. Also, TV theme song and also classic black. Go ahead. Song for film, yeah. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor... State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. 
Mm-hmm. A classic black. So okay, got yeah, you. Yeah. I'm here. What you need? What you want? Okay, right. this is the first one. So I'm gonna give you the. the I'm gonna give you a, a a a movie. Okay. And you can tell us what a classic black song or theme song would be for. And you either you gotta I'm hit us it. with the lyrics. You can say them or you can sing them. First one, the last dragon. On the last dragon. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You possess the power of the globe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah bro. You, 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 yeah, yeah. Or, or we can hit you uh, 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 with, with the barge, with the barge joint. Rhythm of the Night. <laughs> right. That was a that was a yep. that was a thing that made Vanity not only a god but a goddess. I knew he was gonna eat. Yes. Yes. I knew he was oh gonna eat. Oh my god, yes. man! Right, when he, she came he down, one. He in the bonus round right, right now. Oh, when she came down off that and and when she came down from the ceiling, she ascended on our ass. Can, can I something? <laughs> yeah, you can curse all day. Can, oh Maybe yeah, no. absolutely, absolutely. Oh, she Fuck ascended yeah. on our ass from the ceiling. Wasn't a shimmery cut? I'm telling you right now, you can go out next soon as we open back up. Go to the club. Tell you right now, you're gonna see that dress today. Look, he he came out like Jordan dropping 63 on us. Right. (laughs) You got me thinking about watching the last (laughs) dragon after we wrap up tonight. You're gonna understand and appreciate how much you love vanity, man. For real. Let's see, let's see what he does with the second one. Cool, cool. Boomerang. Love should have brought you home last night with the Boomerang soundtrack, right? Yeah, you got it. You was on. <laughs> yeah, Tony Bryce. Damn. Love should have brought you. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was that red dress. Yeah, she was, I remember that whole visual element of Boomerang because, let me say, Boomerang's second <laughs> act for me was an issue. Because he went, he went too, too soft. Now, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But you know who stole the show in Boomerang was Martin Lawrence. When he when he broke down that pool that table, pool table. The, when the he broke green, down that pool table, the white that, ball, the black the green ball, and the black ball, yes sir. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's when he opened it. I think about yeah. that scene every time I yeah, play that's pool. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you 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 kill it. You killing it right oh. now. And I like the theme of how you picking out. The, the the memorable moments and it usually deals down. with a with a woman, right? Like boom, like boom, this is one good one that'll make you remember. Third one, a different world. Different world from where you come from. Too easy. Man. Too easy. Uh, yeah, yeah, but hold on. Yep. Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you right. Jada Pinkett w- w- was the embodiment of what I thought at the time, what I believed that I wanted the progressive black woman to be, yeah. that she was the symbol. Yeah, yeah. And when she yeah. wasn't married, and now I'm not knocking her being married, and she did exactly, and she became a champion there. You're right. But uh, when I say she was the embodiment of 
what I thought progressive black people should and act should be and act like um, when I was, because she's older, a little older than I am. She's older than I, and I was like looking up in the game and being the same. I was like, "Yo, Jada's the truth for real." And like, yeah, man, Jada's yeah, mm-hmm. she that then a different man, different I, world. All those things she popped. And, and, and then it's let me tell you something. <laughs> Speaking of a different world, oh man. I got a chance to work with the lovely Chris Summers. Did you? Woo! Mm. Oh, <laughs> man, that was a dream right there. Oh, Freddie. Oh, man, he had to sing on that one. I, all right, look, check this one out. Here go the next one. Different strokes. Okay, I'm ready. You take the good, you take the bad, you turn them up, and there you have. And that's the facts of life. Wait a minute, different. You said a different strokes. I was about to get you. Yep, different strokes. <laughs> Arnold. That's it. Arnold, yeah. What, what you, you, you can hit him with the uh, thing. What so. you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? But hold on. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to take this deep on with y'all really about it. Y'all really about <laughs> this life. And this, is a deep, this is a deep different strokes. I have in my place, I live in, I'm, I'm in, I'm in uh, I have these bay windows. I have a bay window in my place, right? But I'm on a, but I'm in, I'm in this, comp, I'm in this, I live in, you know, in the place we have this bay window where we're on the first floor. I'm on the first floor, right? right? So what I put in this bay window and it faces the street, I put this mannequin, like a martial arts fighting style thing. Right. I put it in my window and people think it's kind of looking out all the time, right? But I named that, I named that, I named that mannequin, the Gooch. <laughs> Boom. Now, the, who, who, who got that? I ain't catch that one. Mm. I ain't catch that way. I'm gonna give you another reference. Here's here's the hint. I'm the invisible bully, like the gooch. That's the hint I can give you. you gotta, but I give you another hint. We gotta keep it hip hop. Oh, oh. I give you. I give you. I give you. I give. I, I give five, four, three. Mm-mm. I can't even remotely come up two, with this one. One. All right. Here's the answer. I'm the invisible bully like the Gucci from Notorious Big. Biggie was referencing Arnold when he, when Arnold said that there was a bully that kept beating him up at school and they could, but no one ever saw him. And they asked Arnold, who was the bully? He said, the bully's name is the Gucci. You went deep on that one. <laughs> That's Man, what I, you I told went, y'all. You went, yeah, you went artistically uh, <laughs> supersonic on us just did because you didn't I mean, reference hey, you know this, straight into the to the hip hop and then straight into the to the to the <laughs> the hey, look, epi- episode and it brought it them together. That's that's I like bring, that. Bring it back full circle. I told you man this all I, hey this film and this film this music man that's all I do man. That's what's up. Like Jay that's said, what's up. Like Jay said all I do is rap and stuff. Imagine how close. <laughs> you see how it is in the last step. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just what it is. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, get, we'll give you a half far. point on that one. You hit us with a song, but you hit us with a dope fact. We'll, we'll give you a half point on that one. Right. <laughs> All right, let's hit you with the last one. The All last right. one of this particular question. New Go Jack forward. City. Mm-hmm. It's, pl- it's plenty What's of good up? ones We're gonna in there. I mean, rock a bye, baby. Um, living just enough for the city. That's the one for you me, You know, uh, we got the OJs. Yep. We're just... Now for the city, and that's the and that was that was when they was around the, the fire, fire, the OJ, the, the, fire, the, vert, the, the fire, OJ's true singing, and they and there was the and it, and if you really want to break it down, if you break down the script, it's this dude called Blake Snyder, right? And he wrote this script about you know screenwriting, right? And 
and it breaks down like the fun and game section of screenwriting. Like it breaks down to 40 beats. And within its 40 beats, it tells you it, it beats out a script of a movie. So within this section, it's called the fun and game section. That's a part of the beats that come like around like the eighth or ninth beat, which is the top of the second act. And that song starts at the top of the second act. That's when you send a montage of them, you know, cracking, you know, cracking up the crack and the vows. They were, you know, Pookie was doing good. It was all love. It was people were getting money. That's when you start to see like the breaking down, like when you break it down a script. Right. That's when you that's when the fun and game section of that script started. And you hear it was emphasized by the damn song. It was beautiful, baby. I'm with you. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Let me okay, let's hit you with this next one. All right. Mm-hmm. What are the three foods that black folks just love to bless with hot sauce? See, here's the trip. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, man. The, the whole and accent changed. Let me get it to you. Let me get it to you raw right quick. Right, <laughs> real quick. I ain't had beef my whole life because I don't eat hot sauce. What? And I don't mess with it. Yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. I don't wait, eat hot wait. sauce. I don't what? eat condiments. I don't eat mustard. I don't eat relish. Ketchup. Um, uh, but hot yeah. sauce isn't even a condiment. That's a blessing from God. Like, yeah. that came from the Lord. A hot sauce is Correct. a condiment. That came Let me tell you, when I Jesus feel... got resurrected. Right. He, that's what he brought back with him. Right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even... <laughs> he came back with it. <laughs> I mean, real, real talk. This is a this is a little known biblical fact. When you when you look at um, the the images from the Last Supper, if you look just to Jesus' mm-hmm. right, you'll see a bottle of hot sauce. It's right there on the mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah, it's right. And you there. know what's so crazy about the same picture? <laughs> that, that same picture. If you look, if you look back into the right of that same picture, and you got this small. But this old dude's playing spades back there too. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Look, the next thing we're gonna say is a Hennessy bottle, like right under yeah. one of them left foot. And, and now we know yeah. for sure that Jesus is a brother. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. We've authenticated that claim right. on Wild Black. So y'all know. Yeah, used to braid his hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Vince, we're gonna have to help you him out. You take the first one, I'll come in behind you. What you got? First. Hold on, when I got right. no, no, I'm gonna try one. Can I try? Yeah, Can I try? of course. Okay, yeah, yeah. Listen, I am from a black family and a black culture, fellas. Mm-hmm. So chicken, they put hot sauce on chicken. Yep. They put hot sauce on greens, which blow my damn mind. Yep. Um, yeah. They put and they put hot sauce on. It's like a number one about everything. About everything. <laughs> and that fried, that fried that fish, you gotta have that hot sauce fried on that fish. fried fish. Fried baby. fish is, fish? is, is fish? it's impossible. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's what I'm eating tonight. <laughs> it's fried fish, and it will have hot sauce. Louisiana Tabasco. Man, I even got Texas Pete. I got like five things of hot sauce in my house. Look, Listen, look, I, I, I get it. I understand. This, there, there, are, there are two that always that get me, but I, I still do them, man. Hot sauce on that bag of uh, skins you get from the corner store or hot sauce on your popcorn. See, I was going to say pork rinds. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was oh, going to yeah. say pork rinds. That's, I that's, was. I that's was going to say pork rinds. That's straight country. As it's fuck. Hate. And I'm right out of Mississippi. Right there. <laughs> exactly. Right. That, that, if you I ain't did that and you in Mississippi, you you in the twilight You're zone. You're liable somewhere. to get kicked out the state. Hey. Stop playing. All right. This is the signature question right here. We finna hit you with it. What do you love most about life while black? Oh man, being black shit. I mean, kiss. I everything is from everything that I do. It has a nucleus of that. 
Like I know the I know the advantages that I possess being black that allows me to navigate this world in such a way that it was not uh it, it, it's I know that it's not it's it, it's it's not afforded for some other folks. That just yeah. you know these are just facts, yeah. man. Yeah, real easy. I can go. I can go <clears throat> just make it real basic. I can walk out to the beach right now and chill on out. <laughs> I love it. Real. That's what's up. Well, maybe not right now with this with this coronavirus thing jumping off. But, <laughs> yeah, but, no, but normally, at some point, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's what's yeah, up, man. I love so it. I, I love I love that answer. So, what I want to do now is I want to move us over into the dope quote. Um, and the dope quote is something that comes out of the mouth of someone black most of the time. It's from history, religion, philosophy, politics, entertainment. Um, various aspects of black culture. And it's always applicable to the topic today. So before I read it, I want to remind the people that today we're talking with Damien D. Smith and a film that he has created is called Target St. Louis Volume 1. And again, it's about the people in North St. Louis and what was done to them. So the dope quote was pulled for us to keep that point of view in mind. And and with that, I want to read it. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, much like I said in the beginning, we are Americans, um, but that doesn't mean America always treats us right. So you are not so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who does it or who says it. And that's by Malcolm X. The reason I chose that quote for today's episode is because I feel like in this country, there's a lot of people practicing revisionist history and not being willing to accept the truth that has been laid out before them um, and blaming that on being patriotic to this country, not being able to see the truth of how we're treated in this country from time to time. So I read it one more time and then Damien, I'd love to get your perspective on the quote. You're not so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. What is wrong is wrong, no matter who does it or who said it by Brother Malcolm X. Damien, what do you think about that quote when you hear it? Um, it? I mean, really, the first thing to think about is how Malcolm was so versed in their logic, laws, and tactics that he was able to use their words and sentiment to engage challenge. Yeah their sense of morality. And so that's the first thing I think about when I hear that. It's so beautiful in which they're, you know, strategically what that brother has to do. And we have to take into mind and think about what type of mind thinks of that first. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. 
So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's just, that's because, again, it's easy for us to say, look at what they're doing to us. Look at what they've always done to us. Right. It's easy for them. It's easy for us to speak about the, the, the atrocities of what the prevailing society has, you know, um, the, prevailing, the prevailing minds of society right. has, you know, perpetrated against us, right? <laughs> it's easy for us to speak about that from that aspect. But what the, the talent, and we got to think about the talent that these brothers, Malcolm and Morton, had as orators that yeah. allowed them to recognize the landscape. It's like, listen, I can say this this way, easy. But if I say it this way, this is going to trigger an emotional reaction. Right. Because all we're trying to do in communication is to express or exchange our ideology to the next person. Yeah. And if we look at it as, an, and, if we, and if we look at communication as an art form, we can talk, like, again, if you want to draw back to Malcolm, I don't know which um, prominent, you know, African-American minister or reverend, or, or I, I don't think he'd be, maybe even reporter, but I think it was a minister or, or a reverend, was walking with him in Harlem one day, and a guy from the street ran up on him, was like, yo, sites that I saw speaking a local slang uh, to Malcolm. Malcolm understood it, interpreted it, and was able to give it back to him in a, the advice in a manner that he can receive it. And when he and brother went on about his way, and a person that was walking with Malcolm at the time was like, Yo, what the hell is he talking about? And Malcolm had to interpret it for him and then regurgitate what the man said, tell it to him, and then tell him his response, and then start breaking code switching and uh, a code switching language right. to show how he was able to effectively communicate with someone. Because that's all is what it is, being effect, an effective communicator. That's the goal of all this. I love how you so said express I, I think, you our know, ideology to the next person. That's, that's, a, that's a powerful way to put that. Because at the end of the day, all we're trying to make you understand is how we really feel. And it's the power of our words that can do that. Yep, that's true. Yep. That was beautiful. Okay. And the, only way to, the, the best way to do it is, is through communication <laughs> yeah. and how you how you can make it relate. Oh, no worries. So, so speaking of communication, before we jump into the core part of this interview, I want to communicate mm-hmm. to the people just a little bit more about what Target St. Louis Volume 1 is. So I want to do two things. Mm-hmm. Um, Damien, I'd love for you to give us a really, really short overview of the film and then introduce the trailer so that the people can hear it. And folks, you'll hear the trailer for about the next minute and 20 seconds or so after he um, explains what it is. And it's very easy to consume from an audio perspective. So after you hear it, go to YouTube, look it up, and, 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 and get the visual aspect of what's coming your way. So, Damien, brother, take a few seconds and tell them what they're about to hear. What you're about to hear, how you doing, my good people? But what you're about to hear is the audio presentation of Target St. Louis Volume 1's trailer. Target St. Louis focuses on post-World War II during the Cold War, Cold War era. The military conducted secret chemical testing on poor people of St. Louis. Um, you know, for example, when you were kids, you know, those trucks were ri- was riding around, um, you know, spraying uh, for pesticides, mosquitoes and things like that. But in these people's situation, they were spraying white phosphorus, cadmium and radiation, zinc, zinc uh, uh, cadmium sulfide. These things were already known as cancer-causing agents at that time. Mm. And these tests were going concurrent at the time of the Tuskegee experiments. So, and I'm pretty sure that your audience uh, so well versed yeah. know about the Tuskegee experiment. So, these are the things that were happening, and um, this is what this our documentary focuses on 
telling the stories of the survivors of this of these atrocities and taking us through this journey of what was happening around the time period and why these things were able to happen the way that they did. Yeah. So this is our trailer for Target St. Louis Volume 1. We appreciate it. This next story is so unbelievable, we didn't think it could possibly be true. Our I-team has learned the United States military conducted secret tests on thousands of people in St. Louis. 10,000 low-income people, and according to research that will go public today, uh, this is where most of the testing happened back in the 50s and 60s. People living at the complex unknowingly inhaled this compound morning, noon, night, so the government could measure its effects on their lungs. And it was for a purpose. In 1953, Congress indemnified private contractors who were connected to human subject studies. A black camp now found its only goal certain locations. There were, there were some strange going on. We had no idea what it was other than the fact that we were told uh, at some point in time that it was spraying for insects, mosquitoes, and things like that. comes the great shock to discover that Gary Cooper killing off the Indians when you were rooting for Gary Cooper, that the Indians were you. Well, that James Baldwin ending to that is powerful. At the end, oh, man. That's the like Indian. the ice cream. On your ass. <laughs> on the cake right there. No, I'm sorry. No, you're right. You're right. Exactly. That, uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I can use profanity. Y'all should have told me. <laughs> <laughs> but look. I love that last piece. That last piece was like, <laughs> it hit you right in the mouth. Man, they did powerful. It just hit, I mean, you know what? Jesus Christ. Let me tell you. Can, can we talk here, brother? Please, let's, let's, we, let's, let's have this conversation educational here? conversation right quick. Go ahead, brother. I mean, uh, we, let's talk about it. And we're going to start from the rooter to the two. Oh, yeah. That Baldwin quote. Let me tell you how powerful Baldwin is. Man. Just think about this. Now, we got, now I, I think you know, we'll be having these conversations. I think a lot of people uh, remove the times from the situation, right? We remove, like, hey, we, a lot of times, especially now, we're judging things by today's standards. Right. And we're not taking in the time that, like, if you look at Porky's back in the day, that was all rape culture. Yes, indeed. You know what I mean? And they celebrated Porky's it. is nothing but a case. That's our case. If you look at, it's like almost every scene in, in, in Porky's if we take about today's lenses, it's a mm, case. And half the ones in you Fast Times in Ridgemont High, same thing. Oh, my God. These were those. Yeah, man, you've been locked up. That's 10 years. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not forget how James Baldwin was an African-American man back in those times and a homosexual yep. African-American man and no one has ever, that I know, has ever, like, challenged him or said anything derogatory to say about his homosexuality. Yeah. Because that's how, you know, in those times, they were homophobic as hell. Yep. But in those times, he was such an intellectual luminary that you couldn't really, you couldn't, you know, what you gonna say? Because he couldn't articulate and break you down in so many different levels that you held that respect. It was just amazing to me, man. Yeah. It is amazing the level of respect that James Baldwin commanded. He might not got the respect of being an African-American-American, that it was, that's what he was fighting against, 
but his literary mind and his, his, his intelligence was so revered that most of the isms like homophobia, like, like racisms and, 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 and the phobias that, mm-hmm. that, are, that was prevalent during his time, they didn't affect him in that way. Yeah. With publicly. That if you were uh, like, let's say, while Rock Hudson and those guys were hiding in the shadows because they didn't want to come out because it would ruin their career. They, it, this was never an issue for James Baldwin as being who he is as a man, yeah. no matter what the situation is. Oh, he's that's why James, like when people ask me if there's anybody I would love to play in the biopic, James Baldwin is always my choice. James so Baldwin is so amazing. powerful. The, the things that he said when he said them are so applicable today. The things about white people need to understand why they needed to have a nigga in the first place, all the way to the foundation of this show, which is to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time. That's one thing our listeners should be familiar with. We talk James Baldwin quite often. Yeah, it's it's, it's to be, yeah, it's what it is. I can't even, yeah, you're 100% right, my boy. You're 100% right. Well, look, man, let, let's let's move over into this core portion of the interview and, and really get deeper into what was going on in St. Louis in that time, right? So the first question I'd love to ask is, now that people have an understanding of what was going on, how, how did this news come out? How did people figure out what was really happening, that they were exposing us to these harmful chemicals by distributing them through those pesticide trucks and vehicles that used to drive around so many of our communities. Okay, so what? How as of now? It's as, as you know. The thing is, in our communities, we've always known that there was. There's always there's so many different like rumors and tales and things that we could not communicate. You know, uh, that that wasn't communicated through like news or because they didn't care about it. Right. Let's just be clear. They they didn't care about what was happening in our community, so we weren't we weren't we were not represented on on the news except for a lot of times in a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. So the things that was happening a lot of times that could have been investigated by journalists were not was not investigated because of the bias, the racial bias. That's just right. We had to call facts to facts, right. right? So the things about um, the thing about our situation with targeting was volume one. And things that was in that is because it was chemical testing that we knew about. We had heard about it. You know, family members tell me that they were, they were it was rumored. It was like things kids were saying, that, oh, you know, they spraying for that down the street. You know, you see the things, they spraying for things. But they were, again, they were just these, you know, these fairy tales, maybe, you know, right. in the neighborhood. It was just sad, but it's the truth. Right, but we heard the same ones when I grew up in most, Mississippi, the exact same things. Exactly. You know, because it's most of the kids who are actually the on-the-ground reporters for these things. Right. They're out in the fields playing. Right. So they're in places that people don't expect for them to be, or they're in places that that people know they're going to be, and they can be used as a controlled, you know, baseline. Right. So, and, uh, so that's the thing that, you know, that was going on around the time that no one really knew. And it's been rumored that they were testing. There were rumors that the government was doing something. But again, we're African-American. There's been rumors since the beginning of us coming here that something was happening. And sadly to say, a lot of it was true. Yeah. So our currency was uh, of communication, just like our griots were told about word of mouth. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's the type of things that was happening. But what brought it to the forefront 
is that there was a study done by Dr. Lisa Moore Taylor, Taylor uh, and, and, and Dr. Taylor is so dope that she had heard her, um, she had neighbors that had came to her was like, hey, I think this happened, those same stories. And like kids were saying that they thought things were being tested. They saw things come out of trucks, you know, those types of things. But it was just kids, it was just, just missed, you know, these folk tales. Right. But she kept hearing these folk tales from different people like, yeah, I was around the time, and I think my breast cancer was from this. I think I had a tumor from this. And she was hearing it from multiple sources that had nothing to do with each other. Wow. You know, but having the skill set and the tools that she had, she was like, you know what? I'm going to use this to write my, my doctoral thesis, uh, my, my doctoral uh, thesis statement, you know, I was going to, my uh, that I got to, you know, publish anyway. Right. So I'm going to use this to focus on. Right. So she did. And just so happened, her findings was published, and they were they did a small blurb on the St. Louis in the St. Louis Post Dispatch, and they did a news they did you know a couple of news reviews on it about her findings that indeed the the residents of St. Louis was tested by the government, the military industrial complex, knowing I mean they 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 admitted to doing these tests, but they admitting that they had tested with zinc. Uh, cadmium sulfite and um and you know other things but you know and 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 you know but so these are facts now right. these are not like hearsay right. these are facts so, so the government has happen. admitted that we did this yeah they've admitted wow they've admitted that they've done it and what they wow. what they have admitted is that yeah so this is them so it's clearly they admitted that we tested on the population without their knowledge so these are that's a fact so it ain't like me saying that or because of some conspiracy theory. You know, that's that's just that. Right. You know, that's what it is. So, but the thing is, what, what the biggest issue is that, you know, not biggest, one of the issues is that we don't talk about, you know, what what chemicals they use. They choose, they say zinc, uh, uh, cadmium sulfide is the only chemical, but in all actuality, there, you know, there were other, there, there were other chemicals being tested. And uh, one of them that people say was radiation. Wow. They were testing with radiation. So the, the zinc cadmium phosphate, is that what you said? So, so, sulfite. Zinc cadmium sulfite. Zinc uh-huh. cadmium sulfite. Do, do you know like the, the health impacts that digesting, ingesting, whatever that, that chemical has? Mm, sure. Uh, well, and it's not only that I knew, but they knew, not even, not now, like, hey, you know, now we find out there's no fact then that they knew that that cadmium was a cancer-causing mm. agent. So at the very least, it was poison. Very least. What up? This is Torrey, host of the Hard to Earn podcast. And if you're a fan of music reviews, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Hard to Earn. When my partner Bonesu Thompson and I review your favorite new albums and classic albums on pivotal anniversaries, you know, 10, 15, 20, etc. We review track by track, rating from one to that elusive perfect 10. Is brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. So then, anything after that, we need to know that's like you know fruit from a poison tree. Right. Everything after that is still poison, and it's done not done correctly. So the thing, and one of the biggest issues is that they did not uh, do any follow up. That's our main. That's one of our main issues. The testing in the first place is what it is because they said that they were testing. That they were putting together, they were putting together, putting together this aerosol spray study that would allow the government, the military-industrial complex, to release a, a 
smoke screen cloud that will protect American cities from an, a Russian bomber attack. Right? right. That's what that's what was happening, man. So, but in all actuality, what was happening was that they were putting together a deep, a offensive weapon. So again, they were sending putting together a defensive weapon, but through findings, come to find out they were putting together a offensive weapon just in case the military wanted to attack Moscow. Mm. You know, so we have oh, to understand wow. the difference. We got to understand the differences in between that, my good people, is that we got to understand, like, if we're putting together something out of necessity, something to save our country, which they say, which comes up in our documentary where one of our, one of the survivors say that, hey, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like the rule of thumb is that you can sacrifice, you know, a small amount for the whole, right. but sacrifice, it always seemed like it's sacrificing the African-Americans for the right. whole, you know. The American, it's always us. the American blacks. Right. It's always us. So, you know, in that situation, they, you know, decided to test a offensive weapon, which is an option. This is not like we need to protect ourselves. Right. This is a, if we decide to do this. We're not doing this to, make, to ensure survival. We're doing this to go on the offensive. Exactly. You see? Exactly. So that's what we got to make sure that those two intentions because the difference between, you know, first-degree murder and second-degree yeah. murder is if your, Intention, it's your intentions. Yeah. If you plan this out or if this shit just happened. You know, so we got to understand what, what happened to us. And the reason that I did this is for these people to know what happened to them and then also so it won't happen again. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. There's no money. It's no, it's no limelight. It's nothing. This is all the people that are involved in this documentary, the survivors. These survivors... Their whole goal is to just let's not make this happen again because there's nothing that can happen because these people are in their 70s, man. These people are in their 60s and 70s, 80s. Since I started this documentary, at this point, two people have passed away that was a part of this situation, and one of them being my grandmother. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this, this thing is a real situation and they and all these people want is just so it don't happen again. And so no financial situation where I feel like they they are entitled to 100. and something that they had to go through that their family should at least have some level of benefit from or some level of 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 protect, you know, some level of making themselves whole again. Right. Which I feel like they need to, they need. But this these people the people that are involved in this are better than me. Right. You see what I'm saying? These people just don't want this to happen again. So these people just want to, you know, engage. There needs to in be some accommodations, the, uh, restitution, reparations, something. Exactly. Yeah. In my opinion, that's no. See, what you're, you're speaking the same language yeah. I am. My, our elders are on another level that we're yeah. on. They're on. Hey, we have to ensure that this won't happen again. So we need to talk about this. Bring awareness. Yeah. We need to. We need to have our our local elected officials to be held accountable to make sure that this won't happen again, there's steps right. put in place. Because again, we have to learn from our past. If it happened then, if you ain't nothing changed, it's gonna happen it again. can happen again when they yeah. feel like they You know, you, you said one thing I, I wanna I wanna make sure we go a little bit deeper on. You you mentioned your grandmother. So this is a this is personal. This affected your family, right? Man, let me tell you something. I mean I'm I'm I'm, I'm I wanna be as clear as I possibly can about this, my brother. Yes, it affected my grandmama, and my grandmother is the person who raised me. Wow. So it's, that's basically like, you know, that's my family. That's my my past family. She's made more to me than, you know, anything in the world. Wow. Yes, it affected her. But also, it affected 
her whole generation. Wow. So it ain't just my grandma. There's the grandma of my cousin. There's the grandma of my homie down the street. Yeah. It's the grandma of my people around, my people from the north side, the south side, the, the, the aunties of the girl I was, the first girl I ever fell, fell in love with. Right. It's, it's the, it's, you know, it, it's the uncle of, of, of my homie that I grew up with that looked out for us, make sure that we were still be, being able to survive in the streets of St. Louis. This is your whole you see community. What I'm it's this is personal. everyone in your community. This is our community. Wow. So I won't, I, you know, I don't, you know, it is what it is. Like, I've had to go through a journey with this documentary because, you know, I'm a narrative filmmaker. That's my passion, you know, right? So this documentary was something that I got on because of my grandmother. She sends, like, we used to communicate. We used to um, send letters, right? She used to mail me letters back and forth and news clippings of a lot of stuff. And we'll talk about it. It would be political. It would be about gossip about the family, whatever the situation is. That's normally. Was that, that's the way that we communicate with each other. Right. It was really, you know, special to us. So one of these situations was that Dr. Taylor's findings was published in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and she sent me a, a news clipping of it. Mm-hmm. And I saw reading the news clipping, and I was like, oh, this is what happened? And I talked to my grandmother about it, and she was telling me she was telling me everything about it. She told me how she felt and what she was seeing. And so I started doing more investigation. I started doing more, you know, uh, Interview. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do a doc. I'm going to do. I'm going to use the skill set that I possessed, that I had to make change or affect anything in my yeah. affect something in my home community. Yeah. So that's where you know that was the genesis yeah. of where Target St. Louis came from, man. Because first, you know, you did something to my grand, my family, and my community. And I take that personally. And then I have a skill set, and like I said earlier, the, the most effective things I find. Uh, to speak the truth to power is my, you know, the tools that I have. And, that's and your superpowers, so, you have the ability stories. to amplify your voice and the voice of the community. I do. Yeah, yeah. I, and I thank you, brother. Thank you for recognizing, thank you, you know, for saying yeah. that. And I do. I mean, I have to, certain things you got to, you know, you got to, you know, how to recognize them certain things. Like, yeah, this is what I'm able to do. Yeah. I'm able to talk about something. Um, and, and, and sometimes some people listen to yeah. it. Uh, from whatever I've done in my life to put me in this position is what I work towards so yeah. I can have a voice to speak about things that matter. So one, one thing I want to I add more context to, we're we talking about this in terms of, of North St. Louis, but geographically, how big of an area are we talking? Man, that's a great question, man. That's a really great question. I'm going to tell you why this is such a good question. I hope I ain't going too long, Wendy. If I am, mm, you're good. my brothers, please just stop me. All right. Um, let me tell you how. St. Louis is small and big at the same time. What they did was, when at this time, and it's kind of, this is what we speak about in our documentary, they kind of set the field, uh, set the field of why they were able to take advantage of these people and do testing. And then we talk about, that we do, that we talk about in Target St. Louis Volume 1. They were able to do that because, okay, so we have the city of St. Louis, right? It's a a city, and then we have the St. Louis County. Right. So St. Louis County is huge because basically what St. Louis is. But St. Louis City is smaller than it should be because of white flight. It moved a lot of a lot of dollars that could have went to building up the city of St. Louis, mm-hmm. that they moved to the suburbs of St. Louis. And what they also did was made little small municipalities in the city, in the county of St. Louis, to separate themselves from the African-American population. So their tax dollars 
will go into their communities and their schools and their public libraries and things like that just to educate them, their families, and their children. And they want to deprive St. Louis City of that because that's where the population of most of the immigrants and African-Americans were. So we got to understand like the, the context of the game that was being played at that time. So when, when so they, St. Louis City within itself, the city is smaller, but it's actually bigger because all these little municipalities right. did they're, they're basically um let me see what's the what's the best way to describe it? I don't know. If you're in Los Angeles, it's West Hollywood, Hollywood. They're basically five minutes away from each right. other, but they're able to claim another municipality. Yeah. If you're in Atlanta, it's like being in like downtown and and Buckhead is even closer than that. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's one of those things. It's really, really close. So when I say a, an area on the north side of St. Louis, it's it's it, it's it's a big area, but it, it it includes a lot of it includes a lot of stuff. Gotcha. You know, a whole lot of stuff. Gotcha. Uh, but here's a quick side note, my brother. I know I'm you know, a quick side note. The genius of Ferguson, which is like what I was just describing, another but another small municipality right. in St. Louis County. So Ferguson and St. Louis City. Or literally three minutes from each other. Wow. I have people coming to me talking about, hey man, how far is Ferguson from St. Louis, man? I know it's rough times. No, Ferguson is the same thing as St. Louis County. So St. Louis County, so so so, so St. Louis City and the county, that's basically the same thing. The St. Louis Police Department is the most notorious police department that you and uh, that America has seen. And, and, and it's different. I know we want to talk about New York and Los Angeles, but the only thing about St. Louis is there was no regulatory oversight committee for St. Louis. Right. New York and, 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 and Los Angeles have people that look that's looking at these. looking at these So they just got parties. to run rampant. St. Louis, they, got, they did what they wanted they to do run with no control. So now, now you're seeing, exactly. So now you're seeing, and it's going to tie into what I'm speaking about, brother. I okay. So now you're seeing that, you're seeing like, you, if, you, if you haven't paid attention, St. Louis murder. St. Louis has always been in the top five in murder rates of in, in, in the United States of America. Top five always since the, since ninety. It's always actually been the top three. But if you look at it now, since post Ferguson, is that the police, in retaliation to us making so much noise and bringing so much attention to that system, what they did was roll back, you know, policing and loosen gun buying regulatory issues. So now in St. Louis, if I personally buy, if I buy a gun and I'm a lease, I'm a licensed, uh, I'm a, I'm a licensed uh, a gun owner, I buy a stockholder, like a whole bunch of guns, and I pass them and I give them to people, they, the person that I give it to legally has a gun. It's, they legally have a gun that they can legally discharge if they have to. So they're just giving guns out, they're selling guns to everybody in the hood legally because that was in retaliation to us bringing so much attention to Ferguson. So we got to understand the levels of the game and that's what we're dealing with. And those same levels of predatory actions towards the disenfranchised communities has been going since post-World War II in which that they did the same thing in which that they, hey, we have a vulnerable population around the Port Igo housing complex where people were you know, disenfranchised and didn't have the political protections. Right. And hey, you know what? What we can do? Hey, we want to test some stuff. So we want to test some stuff on a vulnerable population. That's what we have. We have a vulnerable population of black people in government-funded funded housing that we can do government tests on 
with no repercussions, yeah. no, with no repercussions, and then post that we don't have to do any follow up to see if the test that we did on these people had any negative effects. Yeah, you see the cycle in which I'm trying to like yeah. convey. It's a sad state of affairs, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Man, how, how long did this happen? Like we know that Tuskegee was 40 years or so. How how long did this go on? This lasted, I say, 12 years on and off. Wow. Because it wasn't just a one one time. They right. would come in, test, take it back to Dugway Proving Ground where they were where they were processing the test. And really, if you want to go into it, Stanford speaks about Stanford has uh, Stanford Research Institute SRI is a subsidiary now of the military industrial complex, but it was a subsidiary of of, of Stanford. It was their research arm, arm that they did a lot of positive things. But you know, we can't let, let let's not you know they did a lot of positive things for society. But also some of the negative things they did was this was one of the things where they processed and, you know, process, they processed the data that they was receiving from this test. Right. Damn. Yeah. It's cold kick to the nuts. Man, it's this kind of thing. It's there's one side of me who, who wants to say, man, I'm surprised that that happened, but I'm really not. I'm just so no. I don't even know what the word is for what I feel when I hear these type of stories. It's, I mean, I feel like DJ Khaled. I'm like another one. It's just just, uh, just another one, and it just keeps happening. That's, that's uh-huh. just that. That's that abusive left. Yeah, hook exactly. Right there. And you, oh, you see it coming. You never and see it, just it coming, right? Hits you, hit you right in the eye, right? Like, oh, I should have knew better. It, it actually makes me think, like today in in 2020, something's happening. What are we going to find out about in 2070 that was happening? right now to us and to our children. Like, what are we going to learn then? It's, it's, it's crazy. We have, a, we have a serious track record, record with doing this type of stuff. So, man, hearing, you know, learning more about all that happened, have there been any, any long-term health impacts that you've seen in the community? Um, the problem is that one of the biggest issues with that, I mean, it's a great question, by the way, long-term health effects uh, in the community from this testing that the government did. Uh, in the post-World War II during the Cold War era. And what it is is that it's a, um, it's, <sighs> okay. Uh, yeah, Gary, I hope you can hear my frustration yeah. when it comes to this because it's one of those things that there was no follow-up. So the thing is when you have follow-up, people can say, hey, this many people got counsel from this, this people got this from that, this many people had birth defects from that, this many people had it. Or you can say nothing happened and we were here this entire time, we, we did this test, nothing physically, you know, happened to these people. Right. And, you know, we're good and we're, it's good and we can leave out with no problem and we don't have to provide any type of health care to these people. Let's, let's just go. But it's clear that there was nothing done like that. Right. And they, it wasn't anything done like that for a purpose. It wasn't like, hey, we just decided not to, you know, we didn't think this through. Let's just pull out and not, and, you know, and not follow up and see what happens to these people that we did these tests on. Right. No, this was a, this was an effort that, that back then that they just used these people as test experiments and kept it moving. So now the long-term effects, the effects that, that, that come from these testing are immeasurable now because you know, first off, we all know that radiation, you know, not we all know that, but radiation passes long. It can lay dormant in your system. So let's say someone's parents got it, and those those traits pass down to their children. It's still dormant in the system, and it might engage inside a child, inside someone young right. or not. You know, and that's just, and then, but, but we do know for a fact that cadmium 
is a counselor calls an agent. They knew that then, mm. and they, we know it now. And there has been, you know, uh, a lot of unexplained like cancers. There have been birth defects. There have been physical, um, physical disabilities because of this. That these people believe that is because of these testing. But again, we didn't have any follow-up, so no one can tell a hundred percent for sure. But you can say one of those things like, "Yeah, most likely." Wow. You know, and the issue is again, if the government did any follow-up from these things, we would have no. This wouldn't be a question. Right. But when it's our population, they don't, they for some reason, care. protocol is not is yeah. not handled. Yeah. Protocol is not went through because if it went, they followed protocol, they wouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's there was this thing called the uh, the Nuremberg the Nuremberg Code of Ethics, right? And this was the international code of ethics that the world decided to to abide by post World War II when Hitler was doing all his you know, heinous experiments to our brothers and sisters of the Jewish population, right. you know? So in response to that, the Nuremberg Code of Ethics came about with the United States. Uh, so, I mean, with the world. Right. Now, what was happening is that, that America decided that, you know what, these Nuremberg Code of Ethics is not suiting our best interests. So they decided to do this thing called the Wilson Memorandum. The Wilson Memorandum allowed certain allowances and certain certain regulatory issues to be removed and a certain allowances to be gave that allowed things like, you know, uh, the Tuskegee experiment, things like um, the uh, what the aerosol spray study, that all these things that happened in St. Louis right. when, they're, you know, uh, the testing and things like that. So we have to understand that it it it, it, it was put in, it was changed just for America to do this to their population. Wow that we had already assigned on a code of ethics yeah. anyway. So these people are, are the, the end results that, you know, um, they don't know for sure what came from it. But what they do know is that they don't have a history of this in their family. And guess what? This happened. Or these people, this this, this has never happened to anyone from their lineage, but look what's but happening now right is. now. Yeah. And they're all in one concentrated area. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So that's the problem. It's kind of like racism. Like we all know, is you know, is racism is happening on certain elements in certain particular situations. Right. <laughs> but the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues, is that you just don't recognize that this is some racist shit that happened yeah. to these people. You know, just hey, you know, racist shit happened to you. We're sorry. You ain't even got not even not even. Oh my bad. I'm sorry. Racist shit happened to you. You ain't got to say you're sorry. You ain't even got to you know stop doing the racist shit that you're doing. But what you, but what this does is that allow peace of mind to happen. Yeah. And peace of mind is golden. So once people see that, okay, it did happen, we know it all happened, it's acknowledged. So now we can maneuver and do things to make sure it never happened again and help the people that it happened yeah. to. But if they say, oh, this never happened, it's still this mystery and it's this folklore, it's these, you know, these things that we hear, hearsay, and that doesn't translate to actionable things that can prevent, help, and protect the people that was included yeah. and, and uh, attacked by these experiences. Yeah, gotcha. That's horrible. So one question that I have that I'm sure that a lot of listeners are probably thinking is, again, I can reflect back to growing up in Mississippi and seeing these pesticide trucks drive around. And again, like we talked about, hearing the rumors that that's not what they're really putting out. You know, we, we all probably heard that. Do, do we know if this happened in any other communities? 
Okay, so here's the, here's the thing, and let me show you, and this is how cold this game is, right? So they did a test in Minneapolis, right? A test. Before they got to St. Louis was always the desired city. Right. The test because of because of climate, uh, architecture, a dense population of people that are underprotected. That's St. Louis. So they did this in Minneapolis, right? But what they did, what was different, was that they alerted the people of the community. They let the people know that we were going to do these exact tests. They let the people know that these things were happening. They said it. And you know what the people did when they found out that they had started these tests and were doing these things? The people protested, acted out, started destroying the apparatuses that they were using for testing. Because it wasn't only the trucks that were spraying spraying outside like pesticides. They were mounting things on top of buildings. Mm. They were mounting things on top of cars. You know, they were mounting things in like stationary locations. And people started to engage in self-help. Where they's like, no, we, you know, you won't be doing this in our community where there's children, where there's the people, there's, you know, that you you can't do this. Yeah. So they basically ran them up out of there. So when they came to St. Louis, they made it a point to keep it secret because they didn't, and and they chose a population that was not that was a population that was underrepresented. Right, right, right. right. That's an easier way to say. Cool. It. So yeah, man. Man. So those are all the players and the things that happen to allow these things to happen, and why and, and why we don't have an a, a, a accurate account of the the issues, the health issues that are directly related to it. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is something that's been happening for generations, brothers and sisters. Like this is something that's been going on since, like you know, if you understand, if you think about it, like slavery wouldn't happen. If they didn't feel like there was, you know, a testing that happened, they feel like African Americans, the Africans were, you know, were they can, can that can handle the conditions of, you know, these tropical islands to do the labor that they needed. So they had to test that first. You see what I'm saying? So this goes all the way back to that. And uh, I think it's uh, Harriet Washington did a great book that speaks about like the genocide of testing on, on black bodies over centuries and how our bodies were not um, respected right. and were just, you know, were just, you know, used as guinea pigs yeah. a lot of times to prevail the majority or the or the, most, or the, or the, or the uh, prevailing culture. You know, so if you need a test and find out like syphilis, polio, and all these vaccines and all these things that we've learned and that we these medical achievements have happened. Yeah, they've happened because of the ingenuity and, science, and, and scientific knowledge of the people who did it, but also it's on the backs of black yeah. people because we were uh, we were used and, and looked up as as disposable yeah, less than for human. a certain period of time. Yeah. And prime example, I know we don't people don't know about the, the, the things that happened in St. Louis that much, but easy example for this was look at what they did in the Tuskegee experience. Yeah. So that that's, yep. that's right there to let you know. Yeah. So don't think it stopped there. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's a true story. Yeah. Well, brother, you don't know how much we appreciate you coming on Wild Black, educating our people, and let them know what's really going on, man. I'd love it if you take a few moments to tell the listeners how they can follow you, how they can get more information on Target St. Louis Volume 1, when they'll be able to see the documentary, when they'll be able to get closer to this information. If you could share how they can follow, that would be amazing, bro. 
Beautiful, man. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. First, I want to thank uh, you good people for having me on your platform. This was a great conversation. I really enjoyed oh, yeah. it. I felt at home. And me, me feeling at home allowed me to share uh, Unfiltered a lot more. So I appreciate you good brothers and your style of uh, interviewing. It's pretty dope. I really like how y'all got what y'all set up in your segment. Really cool. <laughs> and we appreciate like, you. For the, for, the, for the listener, you don't understand there's a lot of thought put behind making this happen. Yes, sir. I know it seems seamless and smooth and you know, but no, this is actually work, and I appreciate these brothers for doing the work. And uh, to get to stay in contact and to keep abreast of what's happening in Target St. Louis Volume One, you can uh, visit uh, 4910rosalie.com. That's my uh, that's my that's our company behind behind Target St. Louis Volume One and all the rest of the projects that we have going on. Um, and you can follow uh, you can follow us on Instagram at uh, 4910 Rosalie P R O D. That's it, Damien. I'm sorry, at 4910 Rosalie Prod, short for production. And you mind spelling it for him uh, just Instagram. to be safe? Sure. Uh, 4910 R O S A L I E P R O D. That's our Instagram handle. My mine personally, my Instagram handle is. Damien D. Smith, which is basically my full name, Damien D-A-M-I-E-N-D Smith. Uh, again, my bad, I didn't spell it. D-A-M-I-E-N-D-S-M-I-T-H. Uh, that's my Instagram handle. You can follow and keep abreast of everything that we got going on. I pretty much post things that's happening with 4910 there as well. Uh, but again, our website, 4910rosalie.com. That will keep you. That will keep you abreast of everything that we got on from our documentary Target St. Louis Volume One, our featured uh, Victory High, aka the V, um, and our show that we have going on now called A Short Break, where we highlight short films done by mostly people of color or, un, or underrepresented people. To um, that's that has a, re- a weekly show that we partner with BlackFilm.com that we air. Uh, we air on on our Facebook page. So our Facebook page is easily 4910rosalie.com. I mean, sorry, 4910rosalie. So just check us out on all platforms. We would love to, you know, um, hear from you. And then we would love to, you know, respond. And if you have any short films that you would like to submit to our short break, info at 4910rosalie.com. Very simple. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Brother Damien, man, we appreciate you coming on this platform. We appreciate you spreading some new words that we don't know about, educating us a little bit. And uh, to my wild black yeah. listeners, make sure you pay attention, right? You've heard Tuskegee. Now you hear about what's going on in St. Louis. Understand that there are more stories out there that need to be told. If you feel that that story needs to come from you, I suggest you jump out and find a way to tell it. Because as long as you can tell it, there's an, there's an ear that can hear it. And storytelling has been a part of our culture, a root of our culture, for as long as we've had culture. And it's something that we need to embrace and continue pushing forward. So, Wild Black Family, with that, we out. We love you. Peace. Peace, Michael. Peace. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. 
It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Pam offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.